that actually like we're not called to stay in comfort. And that's just the reality that like I, um, yeah, like the last two years has prepared me to be excited for like discomfort and the different things that I'm stepping into. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Aaron Richards. Hello, hello. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a saucy treat for you today. We have two of our missionaries who have finished our two-year missionary program, and they're being deployed into uh, the world for a life of mission. They're joining us today, Mr. Josh and Miss Bridget. Hello, hello. Hello. All right. So, Josh, you are from Texas? From Texas originally, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty amazing. And Bridget? You are from Virginia, Virginia, the heart of Virginia. The heart of Virginia. <laughs> right. Virginia is for lovers. If Brad, oh, line. is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, okay, yeah. Virginia, lovers of the Lord? Yeah, or lovers just, of the Lord. Okay, great. And what, what's the tagline of Texas? Uh, everything's bigger in Texas. Oh, that's good. That's a good tagline. That yeah, is good. Yeah, we just, the, the heart of it all here in Ohio. In Ohio. Yes, awesome. And speaking of the heart of it all, we this is Beyond Damascus, where we have a heart for Jesus. And uh, the, the kind of the goal, the, the reason we exist and the reason we do this podcast is to share how our encounters with Jesus Christ uh, propel us and deploy us into a life of mission. How Paul had this incredible encounter at Damascus, on his on the road to Damascus, and while he was at Damascus, he was filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he was trained and equipped by the Holy Ones, and then he was deployed into a life of mission. Amen. And that's ultimately kind of what our missionary program is like, right? You guys, uh, you have a, a, a conversion at some point before you come to Damascus, and then you come to Damascus and you you have a two-year formation program. Paul was actually, I think he was in Damascus for three years. That's and, right. Uh, we, we shortened it a little <laughs> we bit. shortened it. It's <laughs> yeah, we've, maybe we should edit that. And uh, But then uh, after those uh, three years, he was deployed into the world, and he actually brought the entire Gentile church uh to Je- well, not the Gentile church, the Gentile world to, to a relationship the church. with Jesus. Yeah, to the church. Uh, so that's what we're going to dive into today. Josh, you want to open us in prayer? Love to. Awesome. <laughs> In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this gift of um, this podcast. I pray that um, us here today would encounter you in deeper ways through each other and through this podcast. And everyone listening would be blessed and receive... Um, Receive the gifts you want to give, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. We ask all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Father, Spirit. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so um, setting that up, that's no small expectation. So basically, you have like you guys are like baby Pauls, and you're called to go into the world and transform the world. The goal of our mission program is to form lifelong missionaries who lead the church and influence the world. So maybe you guys, well, maybe Aaron, before we jump into their stories, uh, maybe you could share a little bit of kind of the heart as to why do we even start a missionary program here at Damascus? Why does it matter? Why why do people who are wanting to be missionaries, why do they need to undergo formation? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we talk about here at Damascus, I mean, you guys, if you're if you're listening to the show, you've heard from time to time that uh, Dan and Brad, Brad is uh, absent. We didn't have five seats at the table. Yeah, it's a small, <laughs> it's a small table. Uh, and my Dan, Dan and Brad and myself, we, we work here at Damascus where we are um, a missionary community and and we, we operate here in central Ohio leading 
young adults, um, leading young people, high school, middle school students. Uh, this past week, we had 250 awesome women uh, here on retreat to an encounter did, with Jesus, you said right? Middle school and high school students, and then also the awesome awesome women. women. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so our, our our goal is to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the faith, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one of the kind of happy accidents that we that we that we happened into was was in our founding here in 2016 as a, as an organization, uh, as Damascus as an organization, we, you know, we set out to, to run world-class summer camps and world-class retreats. And Dan, as, as you and I and our leadership team um, kind of started to explore that mission, we realized that God wanted to accomplish this, but he wanted to accomplish this through community. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was, it was in inviting kind of that first class of individuals who said yes to I'm I'm going to I'm going to cast my lot into into this mission and I'm going to um I'm going to give my life to asking the Lord what is it that you want to do with me. I mean, uh every great missionary movement it, it comes about not because of a powerful vision and not because of a powerful inspiration, but because of the life of individuals who've been who've been given away. And, and want to uh, do mission together. Yeah. It's, it's so much more fun uh, doing it, it together. It is definitely more fun. So, <laughs> so that, that's, I mean, if anything, I think that's been the inspiration here to yeah. create an opportunity where, where men and women can say yes to making a radical gift mm. of them, of themselves, to making a radical gift of their lives. And in doing that, to come to know who they are um, and, and to, and to bless the church by, by giving themselves away on mission. Yeah. And, and Josh, Bridget, we'll kind of ask you the same question a little bit later, though. Like, why why is formation important in the formation be, being better at missionary work? Because it's like you've got, like, just for our listeners, so the this is your guys' last week uh, in the missionary program, right? And so it's a two-year program. And as you were saying, Aaron, it's pretty intense. Like, the they say in order to be an expert at something, you need 10,000 hours of experience. So we just basically <laughs> smash 10,000 yeah. hours into two years. <laughs> which mathematically mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of like a spiritual boot camp right josh what was the best part of spiritual boot camp best part yeah oh geez i'm just like i'm blown away thinking back to starting and aaron being like yeah ten thousand hours and my jaw just robbing me like no way. <laughs> yeah. we um, could do this in 20 years or two, <laughs> or two. um yeah gosh best part um i was reflecting um, coming to the end of the year of, I don't think I have a spe- specific moment, but just like the grind of it all. Yeah. That mm-hmm. like, this was a very hard <laughs> two years. It was very hard and like trying and stretching two years where I was stretched way beyond where I thought I could be stretched. Mm-hmm. I was pushed and I was like called beyond myself way more than I ever thought I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that, process i'm actually so grateful for that it's like whoa i had ten thousand hours of a really hard thing that i wouldn't have chosen for myself but i said yes to and i did choose for myself um and i chose i chose that death i chose that like laying everything down for it um and within that there's so many there's so many little silly moments and awesome moments and fun moments um but yeah that like complete just the the stretching beyond what i what I thought I could ever do. 
It's funny because the kind yeah. of the the standard in life, or if you will, the autopilot. I, yeah. There's like mm-hmm. I call it Christian cruise control. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the Christian cruise control is to accidentally fall into a life of comfort and ease, right? right? If yeah. it's like, oh, I've got my Jesus, just like I've got my morning coffee, yeah. and it's like Christian cruise even, control. Even in mission, even yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, as as a as a youth minister for twelve years, <laughs> I found like that was that was my. My go-to every Acc- every year. <laughs> Accidentally fall into cruise, yeah. cruise control, mm-hmm. and and yeah. the, you need a community that actually sets a standard to 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 yes. place us in the grind, so that actually because we want to be the grains of wheat that fall to the ground and die. What was oh, the grind God. like for you, Bridget? Oh, uh, the grind for me. Well, I think it goes back a lot to what Aaron just said. That actually, like, we're invited to give this insane like gift of ourselves mm. during these two years that sets us up for the rest of our life. And I think like I grew up like thinking of that gift of self so much more in the context of like, once you enter into your vocation yeah. um, to marriage, religious life, whatever it is, but actually like, yeah, these two years has completely reframed my mind that like, actually no, the call to be a gift of myself completely to lay my life down for the Lord is for today. It's for mm. right now. It's for the sisters I'm living with in household. And it's for the person who's spraying toilets with disinfectant <laughs> with me after retreat. And um, I think it's, like that is just such a cause for like rejoicing just Mm -hmm. each morning. And as we head into like this next season of life, as we leave Damascus that like, I don't have to wait to be a gift of self. Like that's my call today. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think that's such a word for the young church too, because it's like, Oh, I'll be, I'll I'll do missions someday. Right. When I'm married or once, once I enter into my vocation or after I graduate high school, then I'll be a missionary disciple. It's like, no, roll up your sleeves. Let's get to work now. Mm -hmm. Um, so Paul, before he entered Damascus, he had this life-changing encounter on the road to Damascus where he saw the Lord glorified and he heard his voice. What was your, Josh, what was your life-changing encounter like? Where did you encounter Jesus and how did you fall in love with him? Yeah, um, I I think it's a, I can simplify my testimony too much to say that it was a moment. I was actually just like raised in such a beautiful family where I knew Jesus so early. <laughs> um, I knew him and I wanted him in First Communion. Um, and it was from that and from that place that I, like, did start to grow in relation with him. And then the world... Wait, you wanted him in First Communion? Yeah. Like I'm, I actually I'm preparing my youngest for First Communion right now. I'm trying to figure out how to get her not to, like, jump everywhere in the pew. <laughs> <laughs> you have any techniques for me? <laughs> like, I don't remember anything, but I remember, I remember wanting, wanting Jesus and, That's like, knowing awesome. that I loved him. Thank That's you, like Jesus. like, the only thing. Um, but for sure, there was a big chunk of high school that, like, I totally let the world pull me away yeah. in big ways and was living a double life. Um, a big moment for me that kind of marks a lot is um, a retreat I went on in ninth grade. Um, and it was just, like, a three-day retreat where we spent half of it in adoration. Um, it was amazing. Wow. And um, just this moment of I believed I was so unworthy of mercy. Mm. Um, and I went to confession and still <clears throat> didn't believe I deserved that didn't believe I was worthy of that um, and was sitting in adoration and um, it was just this moment of surrender um, mm. and of like I say I'm like yes Jesus you can heal me because I finally it like it like clicked that my heart and me as a person needed to be healed um, and I said yes to it and then I just like I just remember weeping and weeping and weeping more than mm. I ever had um, and that was a big moment where I was like okay I do want to be all in for Jesus I do want his life and I it started the daily prayer life and it started a a direction in my life that was like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn away from the world and I'm gonna turn towards Jesus. Wow. Um, 
Praise yeah. the Lord, man. And what what like kingdom decisions did you make after that? Like, how did you reorient your life? Um, I mean, it started with prayer. It was totally prayer. It was like, I want to pray every day. And so I started <clears throat> in the morning and a little bit at night, just setting aside a time. I didn't know what I was doing. I started with this like little day by day Mary journal book yeah. where it was like just two paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was something that I, I just, I knew that that was the starting point. I knew that that was the, that was what had to start. Um, and yeah, from that, it was like, okay, I'm going to find the right people to hang out with and I'm going to find the right music to listen to and I'm going to That's awesome. treat my siblings as I should and do the dishes as my parents asked me to and all the little things. Yeah, amazing. Bridger, what about you? How did you encounter Jesus Christ? How did he rock your world and change your, your heart? That's a great question. It, um, so three big moments like kind of came to mind that um, like mark my testimony up to this point. The first one, similar to Joshua. Um, I was in eighth grade and was at... Um, a studentville conference and just had a powerful encounter with jesus in the eucharist you're allowed to go in eighth grade in eighth grade <laughs> no, she, I snuck in there you know in. snuck in with yeah. my older sister with all the high yeah. schoolers yeah. You're that and kid. yeah you're yeah that i was that kid i was ready every year <laughs> i know how have you been to camp 10 years <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> so that was me snuck into a studentville conference um had a powerful encounter with the lord and just like experienced his love for me and i remember um when the night we came back from that conference the priest at my parish um, told all of us, he was like, you know, guys, like, I know you, like, feel the love of Jesus so powerfully right now, but unless you start to pray every day, like, this will fade. And I was like, this guy's crazy. Like, you think this is going to fade? Like, that's wild. Like, <laughs> I just, I know, like, I just didn't think, see the value or the need to, um, like, make a prayer plan. So a lot of high school was kind of, like, slowly growing in that, growing in this commitment to daily prayer, but it was, like, this slow process, but I became involved in like this amazing youth group. My family like fostered our life of faith so much. It was incredible. Um, and I was just like, so excited for like going into the world. And I just saw that like the Lord had this call of greatness on my life. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I went into college and like wanted to like study public policy and study politics and like law and make this big impact in the world. And that was so, um, beautiful and then at the end of my junior year of college I felt like this call to like be a missionary and that was just the Lord drawing me like yeah into this invitation I wasn't expecting and people in my family worked in ministry I had a sister serving as a missionary with another mission program and I was like Lord what the heck I'm gonna go into the world and make a difference like I have this call to greatness in the world and he was like yeah but like would you do this for me and would you let me redirect the course of your life um and in that surrender like, it was so beautiful. I didn't see, like, what he was calling me into yet. But in that yes, um, it was kind of like that first, like, gift of self and surrender of my dreams um, that just allowed him to, like, move so powerfully and draw me into this life of actually seeing, like, this call to greatness is in this surrender and this call to mission that yeah. has always been on That's my awesome. life. That's yeah. awesome. In each of your stories, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of resounds to me um, is that it— it might go without saying, but like every every story starts with a yes, and um, oftentimes I think in the in the church we, we we wait for somebody to come and with a with a radical skill set or with a radical set of capabilities to fix the problem to be the to be the solution to the issue that we face or to be that radical missionary who says you know who says yes and transforms the world or dies as a martyr you know in some inspiring way and uh, 
you know, what I what I heard both of you say was that there there came a point where um where Jesus had offered an invitation and I just had to I had to accept. Totally. Like I had I had to allow the Lord to be the Lord of my life. I had I had to I had to give him the the direction. Uh and I mean, I even hear that echo in within this program. I think there'd be a lot of people who might look at the at the missionary program at Damascus and say, like, that's impossible, or at very minimum unhealthy. But 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 now but now two years you know two years two years in and and stepping into the next step of deployment, like you you guys have have um, experience now and and access now to to a side of your heart that that most people in the church are never gonna are never gonna see. And and the next time that the Lord asks you to say yes, you know, uh, whether that's in vocation, whether that's in deployment, whether that's um, in starting some apostolate, whether that's in starting a family, uh, those yeses are going to become, I don't know, more habitual yeah. that I realize mm-hmm. that, okay, like the only thing consistent in this story is, is, that, is that Jesus is the Lord. He's got a destiny for my life. And when I say yes to him, things tend to work out in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? And I can, I can, I can be something incredible, and I can change the world. That's awesome. Mm. I'm listening a lot about <clears throat> uh, SEAL teams right now, and just like uh, the SEAL team stories, and it's amazing how they just like. How do you have time to do all this? <laughs> stuff? Well, this, this is it, the book. It, it's a book called Extreme Ownership, and uh, and it's just really neat. This uh, SEAL team leader is like. He shares the stories, but it's almost as if they, the SEALs, they have so much training that when they're in the heat of battle, it's just boom, they know yeah. how to react. Because you've already made the decision. Yeah, and when chaos is ensuing, and you could imagine you're in battle, they, they just they just, they just prioritize and, and move. And it's like, that's how we have to be, like in the in the battlefield of life, just to be able to condition ourselves, as you said, Aaron, to say yes. Yeah. We, yeah. we have to go through the grind and prepare ourselves so that when the hardships come, we're just conditioned to say yes over and over and over again. I yeah. also, not to give a shameless plug for the name of our show, but what was so important after, because you have lots of people who go, you, you have permission yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, talk, to talk about our show on this podcast. Well, you, have, you have so many people who go to Steubenville conferences or go to Catholic Youth Summer Camp and Damascus yeah. retreats. And it, it, the, the Damascus moment actually isn't the most critical moment. Yeah. It's it's what happens after yes. the Damascus moment, yeah. right? What's beyond Damascus? And and you, like Josh, the, the transformed friendships, the, the daily decision to pray, yes. be it small, that Bridget, you said the same thing, growing in your prayer life throughout high school school, even though it was uh, hard and you were learning, it's those beyond Damascus uh, moments that make all the difference. It's my favorite thing to say um, to kids after they come to a week of summer camp or a week of retreat, um, that this week that they just experienced means nothing if the week after this week doesn't look different than the week before this week. Yeah. That their like lives have to actually look different and have to actually change, yeah. or the the week of experience and encounter means nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And the it's funny because now Josh is that guy on the stage. You're like, I was listening to this guy on the stage. I didn't really believe him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's it's nice. actually it's right. Awesome. So, what was your guys' formation here at Damascus like? Well, actually, before that, Josh, you've been on mission for is it three or four years? Because you were with another so. So the you've been two years with Net Ministries and yep. two years with us. So you've had a a, a lot of formation my through missionary that. Degree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> four year degree in mission. Um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, what 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 have you seen over those four years? The formation you've received, not just at Damascus, mm. but throughout the four years, and and growth and and a call to be a disciple, but also to be a missionary. Whoa, um, 
I. That's a big question. That's a really big question. I don't know where <laughs> I want to go with it. Um, I think it's in that. Um, it's the beauty of service. It's the beauty of getting outside of yourself um, that changes everything. Because there's Nat does an awesome job of training you up before you go out, and I love mm. Damascus just like walking with us throughout everything, um, and all of that. Like that's so good. Um, but the 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 greatest place of change I've seen in my heart and the greatest place of growth and the ways I've fallen in love with the Lord in deeper ways is when I'm in the field, is when I'm out there, is when I'm leading a small group I don't want to lead, <clears throat> is when I'm like running activity I don't want to run or I'm, when I'm on net and I'm making a 10-hour drive to a random retreat in the middle of nowhere. Like it's, it's, in, the, it's in the stretching again that I have grown and that I have seen myself choose Christ um, when I don't always want to. Um, and that's like, that's what's changed me. That's why I am confident in my deployment and in going forth and in <clears throat> stepping in to vocation, um, and going where the Lord has been going, um, is because I've chosen it so many times, um, that I'm like, I'm ready to keep choosing it for the rest of my life and in bigger and in greater ways, um, always for him. Yeah. That's so rich. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bridget, yeah. what about you? Just the formation you've received, what 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 highlights to you the most um and you know, what's been most significant in your in your heart transformation? Yeah, I think like um just with the reality that like we can do nothing apart from him, like the one of our like foundational teachings that we receive when we get to Damascus is just the truth that we can like hear God in prayer, that we can hear the Lord in prayer and that he speaks back to us when we ask him questions and that actually like that needs to be like our starting point every single day. Mm -hmm. So not only has my prayer life been transformed here, but like every single part of mission has through that teaching that actually like I can be in constant communication with the Lord and constantly hearing his voice for myself or others and like in every situation. So hearing that and then going into two years of mission it's so cool to see that every single part of our formation, whether it's like our Monday formation where we're like sitting and we're learning and then the rest of the week when we're activating that in all these different types of ministry, all these different types of work we get to do that like nothing is apart from him. Like sitting at a laptop and doing work is transformed because I can be like looking at Jesus in that process. I can ask him like, Hey Jesus, like what should I put on this Canva advertisement for youth group? Like, let me invite you into that. Let me invite you in. And I don't know how to respond when this person is like, you know, sharing their heart and this suffering in their life in small group. Like Jesus, like it's this constant dependence on him that we learn because we're giving ourselves completely in this life of mission, but we're equipped with like his voice. Like the most powerful thing is accessible to us at all times. And like with that, like we can actually go and do anything because his voice is like, it's a constant communication and this open access that we always have. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It's like friendship with God or friendship <laughs> with our lover. You know, like it's, I was trying to explain that to my kids the other day of how like the, because <clears throat> we were talking about prayer times and stuff like that. And I was trying like just welcoming them this and them into this idea that you don't have to just pray when you're in your prayer time, but mm -hmm. it's an ongoing dialogue with the Lord all day long. And, um, and it's just, it's so, it's, it, it's so, um, 
uh, the only way I could liken it to them was to the relationship they have with each other as brothers and sisters or to my wife and I, Amber and, and I, that all day long, no matter what we're doing, if we're on the, the computer doing, we're like, we're just talking to each other. It's just this right. dialogue of friendship and love that's just interactive hmm. throughout the entire day. And when, I, when I'm in their presence, I'm, I'm in their presence and I'm, I'm able to just have these small little conversations that form me and shape me. And it's just, yeah, that access to the to the Lord's voice like that is such a game changer. Mm. I think it's it one of the one of the great beauties of being on mission and putting yourself in a situation where like I I truly can't do this apart from you. Mm. It's building a habit of realizing that nothing's off limits. Mm-hmm. So so every area of my life, Lord, like I, I give to you, you have access, you have invitation. And truthfully, I can't succeed in this without you. Mm. Uh that doesn't change when you when you leave the missionary program, right? Um, I had a, I had a lovely reminder of that this morning as I was making breakfast for my kids. I was like, uh, you know, that, that even in, in simple things, um, we get to be invited into the, into the place of realizing like, Hey God, you, you have access here. And in fact, um, right now on my, my drive to work right now uh, in, in my classroom right now, as I'm, as I'm preparing for an exam or preparing for dinner or whatever the case may be, like, this is the place. This yeah. is this is the day you've made me for. This is the time I have to say yes to you. And and we've we've built a habit, Jesus, that we're doing this thing together. It may be because I'm hungry, but what were you making for breakfast? <laughs> well, good question. Uh, bagels. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, so that one. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. So I I was I took Leah to I looked I took took Leah to school. I was hungry. I wanted to have a bagel. And like, as I started to put my bagel in the toaster, then Diggory came down and he's like, dad, can you make me a bagel? So I'm like, yep. Here's your bagel. And, and then Rowan came in and asked for her bagel. And then Felicity came in and asked for her bagel. Oh, man. And like Half hour later. 30 minutes later, I'm like, I am, I want a dang bagel. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, and that's how a parent snaps sometimes. <laughs> but, but it was, but it was, it was beautiful. I mean, in that moment, it was like an opportunity to, mm-hmm. for me to step back and realize, okay, like, Hey, I'm, I'm in this when it's me in the kitchen yep. and nobody's watching, not just when it's me on the stage. Yeah, exactly. Right, and 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 that's what it that's what it means to to, to give a yes without without reservation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's tell some of our own Navy SEAL stories. Um, we'll we'll tell the fun uh, uh, conversion uh, stories, but let's let's what's the funniest thing that's happened over <laughs> your two years as missionaries? Oh, Is that what's in your Navy SEAL book? <laughs> yeah. No, I just I just want to hear a funny story. Uh, it, what do you guys got? You have any? I think Bridget and I share a story. It came to mind. Um, oh, within boys. missionary communities, we all live in our different houses on site. And <clears throat> one evening, when we were all on site, uh, the men of my house decided it'd be a great mm-hmm. idea to hop in the back of my truck yeah. with a few <laughs> hard-boiled eggs. Oh, boy. Um, and we like wrote little uh, like jokes on them. And then we were going to drive to each of the houses and um, one of the guys plays a trumpet and we had yep. some guy in like a goofy costume. So we were like, going to drive to the other houses and present them with their hard-boiled egg. Oh, wow. That's so <laughs> yeah. nice. With, like, trumpets and yeah. then all line up and hit it to Every them, and woman's then... desire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I just, I just wish a man would drop off a hard-boiled egg. And so too. it was going great. It was yeah. going great. We yeah. had the first couple houses, and then we went to Bridget's house, <clears throat> and they weren't there. Oh, no. They weren't there, so we went to dun, dun, find dun. them, and they were um, at a fire pit um, over on site, and so we pulled up to the fire pit, unloaded, did the whole thing, trumpets and everything, presented them with the egg, and then yelled to jump back in the truck. We're driving away, and one of uh, Bridget's housemates 
chucked the high boiled egg oh, at no. my truck. This is um, true. Smashed all over the truck and all over us. Um, <laughs> did, did it dent the truck? No. Oh, that's so good. But there was that's there so was good. egg on my truck for a bit. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that was the first memory that came to mind too. <laughs> from, from our end, we're just sitting like behind the red barn, we're having this nice like household community time, getting to know each other. And then Joshua's truck just rolls up. And they get out. They're wearing like costumes from backstage that we were on retreat. <laughs> There's just a trumpet playing, and the vibe just changed like that. And it was it was hilarious. I love awesome. That. Did, Another, was there a moment of regret after you threw the egg? Oh, it wasn't me. But okay. um, like, no regrets <laughs> for sure. One of my housemates, they were all like, "Wow!" Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. Yes, than, good use of egg. Like a flaming yeah. torch from the fire. Yeah, exactly. True. Could have been worse. Could have yeah, been worse. That's wild. Yes. Okay, so kind of what have you guys seen in in, um, in working with young people? So you're on retreats every every week and every weekend. Oh. You, we have uh, you've had multiple summers of camp. What, what are some of the um, experiences that young people have had that stick out to you the most? I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible opportunity to get to, um, like counsel a group of kids to spend like three days where your job is literally just like doing life alongside this group of young people and to have them entrusted to you. Like, I think it's so easy to lose sight when we do that week after week, but like just like oh my gosh like when we're reminded like that's insane that we're entrusted with this gift of um these young people like when I get the chance to spend three days on retreat with a group of girls it's the coolest moment when we've spent like before every retreat um all the missionaries gather and we intercede and we pray and we just um we ask the Lord what he wants to do on that retreat and because that he gives us his heart and we're ready to receive them and then when right after that you receive like a list of the names of these kids that you're going to have on retreat and it's so cool because it's like, it's like what Jesus says about his disciples, like, Father, these are your gift to me. And you just get to receive this gift and then go and meet those kids and love them for three days. And like the way I've seen him move is insane. It's so cool. We see like, um, yeah, we have this incredible gift of seeing like from the death to the resurrection of these kids coming in. And they're just like facing battles that like even Joshua and I, when we were in middle school and high school, like the world's just changed and it's so hard and they come in um, with so much and just to like meet them there and love them What do you is think some so of the cool. battles they're facing are? What have you seen? I think, um, well, something that really strikes me is like no matter what retreat we're running, we always like spend time outside with them. We always have like these times of like high adventure activities, running around in the mud, rolling in the mud. It's spring, so there's just yeah. been a lot of mud lately. But... Lot of mud. Lot of mud. <laughs> it's been a wet spring. <laughs> you know, we love it. Um but it's crazy how um, even in something like that, it's easy as a missionary to be like, oh, gosh, like it's easy to sit and listen to a talk I've heard before, but it's hard to spend four hours in the sun and the mud for three days in oh, a row. Yeah. But it's crazy that kids, I'll hear them say from like sixth grade to 12th grade, they're like, man, I haven't been outside in a long time. And like, mm. I haven't played like this in a long time. Mm. And there's actually like this theology of play that like when we – invite them into being childlike again. That's something that's so unfamiliar to them, I wow. think, right now. And in age where it's just, like, so normal for them to just, like, sit in their locked rooms just on TikTok for hours and hours and hours. And um, so much of, like, their friendship being virtual, so much of, like, the world we lived in the last two years, like, really affecting them so much. Um, so them just getting to enter in and play, it does insane things in their hearts. Like, yeah. I think we wouldn't get to see the fruit of what we hear them say in small group after they've 
encountered Jesus in the Eucharist, um, unless we also like give them the opportunity to enter in and be kids and have like these childlike encounters outside where they actually get to enter into like being brave and having fun in all these little ways and activities that does something in our hearts to actually open us up. That's wild. We're, we're reflecting on what are the current pain points in a parent's uh, life while trying to raise their children. And what, one of the biggest pain points is that we're reflecting on is just this, the digital world. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's so strange that you have to teach kids, if you will, how to play or that you would even like, what's a hardship in a young person's life? Well, I haven't gone out and played like this in a long time. It's like, it's almost, uh, like it, that's unfathomable, right? Like what, what, what's going on in our world that would lead to a young person not experiencing that? Yeah, well, that's a great insight. And so, what's the life that you see from them that transformed? You say they they go from death into life. What what's the transformation you see? How how do they encounter the Lord, or what what how do they experience life? Yeah, I think they like they meet Jesus. They meet him for like who he is, and they see that he's a person. Um, you know, a lot of them, they, they come in and you even hear it. And like, when you kind of initially ask them like, Hey, where's your like relationship with Jesus at? If you had to put it on from a scale of one to 10 and they're going through this process of identifying like, okay, what do I think of Jesus? They, they don't even like refer to him as a person. They're like, well, well the faith, like this thing, that's sort of a part of my life. Um, and that's at the beginning of retreat. And during retreat, they get introduced to like who he is. Mm -hmm. And that's through like all these different elements of like what we invite them into on retreat um, prayer lab, just a time of like, just like we learn how to hear him in prayer. We teach these kids how to hear the Lord in prayer. Um, That actually it's not some like magic secret thing for when you get to this point where you're really holy, but it's for like, you know, this sixth grader right now to hear God for the first time. Yeah. Um, And to actually equip them with um, like, going home and a life of prayer and that being the foundation where if we don't do that, then we haven't like served them well. And from that, um, just to like another part that's part of every single part of our retreats is just like Eucharistic encounter of these kids coming face to face with Jesus, um, and having their hearts actually like, just like through the messages we share through getting to hear them and where they're at, just showing them that actually like Hey, like maybe you're looking for more like, and them actually realizing, Oh my gosh. Okay. Maybe I am. And getting to this point of like, okay, Jesus, like, who are you? And then they get to like actually meet him. They get to hear his voice and be filled with the Holy spirit. It's amazing. amazing. You know, we were doing, Aaron, you mentioned we had a women on retreat this weekend and we did a men's retreat a few weeks ago. And it's, um, it is. It's so funny because the the idea, the personhood of Jesus is. You said like they talk about it in abstract or like an idea, a concept, a thing, and it's uh, and to 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 move people from an abstract idea to a personal encounter and relationship is 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 everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you even see it in adults. These adult retreats sometimes you see this these inklings yeah. of men and women who are Sunday going uh, Catholics and have a relationship with the church, but they don't actually know what it means to have a, a personal relationship with Jesus. The that's just, that's just free-free language, yeah. isn't it, Dan? Yeah, all those Protestants wanting us to have a personal <laughs> relationship with Jesus. It's like, wait, uh, that's actually really good. Let's not throw that out. Yeah, I mean, the, the catechism says that prayer prayer is fundamentally a living relationship mm-hmm. between between the Christian and the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 we are actually called to relate to, to the Lord Jesus as Jesus described 
in his relationship with the father that 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 he wants that closeness. Yeah. Yeah. For us like he enjoyed. So fundamental. Josh, what about you? What have you seen this year in transformed lifestyles mm. from campers and retreatants? Yeah. Um, a couple of stories come to mind. Um, I had the most insane group of eighth graders on a confirmation <laughs> retreat. Um, yes. I love the crazy ones. They were like, I love the crazy ones too, Dan, but these were like <laughs> the craziest. <laughs> oh, perfect. Like I had. I, Can we sign them up oh, to be missionaries in the future? Man. We need them. I want them. One at a time. One at a time. Yeah. I, there's. They were crazy. They yeah. were crazy. Um, and I just loved them. I was just like, I was just, I made a decision to choose patience because there were so many things I could have corrected. And like, <clears throat> like they were actually just breaking rules all the time and disrespecting me. And like, just so it was insane. Were the fart um, jokes very, very high at the what jokes? out? The fart jokes? Yes, very, yeah, very yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very high. We, I, I actually couldn't get them to bed. It was like two hours after lights out. That I finally, they finally stopped talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, they were that group. They were that group. Okay. And um, I just chose patience with them. I chose love with them. And the second night of retreat, adoration, and prayer ministry, um, everything just like broke. Everything just fell apart. Like they were these strong, tough guys that didn't want to talk, didn't want to share. They were just going to be disrespectful and just going to be inappropriate. Um, and everything broke. Like mm. they <clears throat> saw Jesus in the Eucharist. And I, as this guy who was like very, very clearly trying to love them. And I told them, I was like, I don't care what you think about me. I care what you think about Jesus because he's real. Um, they just like laugh and not listen. <laughs> um, but then finally it was this night where his words through me and in prayer ministry and praying over them and um, like the miracles that took place. I think some of them like had... Um, I don't remember exact, but like knees that were just hurting or ankles or they'd just gotten bruised up during retreat or it was just coming into it, um, healed, like healed completely. Um, some of them um, experienced the Holy Spirit so powerfully that they rested in the Holy Spirit. They just like wow. couldn't even stand. Um, and they like once the first person did that, they all like freaked out. Like what's happening? He's dying. Like, no, 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 no. He's just experiencing the Holy Spirit a lot and the Holy Spirit's doing something. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. And so it was just crazy. And they're all like <laughs> weeping. Just like so many messy tears. Wow. Um, and that was, I, I loved that moment. And I was so intentional about the moment we walked out of that room, stopping them all and being like, okay, this moment that we're now out of that room, that that crazy experience happened. Because it was only like an hour and a half of this wild experience of emotion and of the love of Jesus. I was like, this um, was real and what you experienced was Jesus and it changes how we are going to walk back to the cabin right now mm. you know like because I could I could even just like see in them a tendency to like okay how do I act now what do I say now yeah. how do I treat my guys in this group now um, and I was like we can treat each other like Jesus treated us like we can love and we can live a different lifestyle um it was still hard putting them to bed that night, but yeah. <laughs> there was improvement. There was like this grace of like, whoa, that was real. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome. That was one of the most like because it was our confirmation streets are so short; it's not even three days. Um, it's so compact, and they met Jesus, and like their lives were so changed. Yeah. Wow. What strikes me a little bit, I think, is a lot of times we will. Uh, We'll, we'll look to retreats, we'll look to events like this, and we'll think, you know, 
in general, these things are are less than effective, right? That maybe that maybe I don't know, one or two people will be transformed, but that's not what we're seeing. No, mm-hmm. like that 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 you'll you'll get a class that'll come in here and they'll be you know like you like you said, Joshua, that that their hearts will be set against the Lord, yes. or their hearts will be set against. Their counselor. Yep. Um, <laughs> Anything that deals with church. And and over the course of over the course of two or three days, like there's there's an encounter, there's an introduction and an encounter with Jesus, and it's actually transforming like the direction of of a person's life. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. It's it's. I, I've I've made the comment to our to our missionaries in the past that I I feel like for so long people have been um people have been hesitant to respond to the call, and it's almost like. The, the Lord has this this grace that he's wanted to pour out, but because people haven't been receptive to it, his hands are just full. Mm. Yes. And then the moment someone says yes, he's like, fine, here, <laughs> just yeah. take it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, this, so this, this um, fall in October, November, we, we, we started as a, as a leadership team um, indicating like, okay, the things that we measure are the things that we're going to focus on and actually desiring to improve in, in our organization and in our business. So one of the... Um, what one of the metrics that we wanted to start measuring as a as a leadership team was how many how many miraculous experiences do we have on retreat like miracles signs and wonders of like you said yeah. people people experience healing from injury or or a true a true moment of like miraculous conversion and um so every week at our at our weekly business meeting our our program director Ben he comes in and he and he shares yep yeah, well this week on retreat we had 9 Miraculous healings, uh, <laughs> and we just like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, we we created a Google form in the fall, and I, I checked it on I checked it on Monday yesterday. We have we have over two hundred and fifty um, reports of of miraculous signs and wonders, healings and miracles happening on retreat in in a semester at Damascus. And those and are just the ones we're actually recording. Those are the ones we're recording. I, I don't yeah. take the time to actually go on the Google yeah. form. Lord have mercy, but like. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. But I mean, it's 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 like, you know, if you if you believe that that a, a, a powerful faith encounter or a transformative life experience in relationship with Jesus, or even even a miraculous experience where where nature and circumstance and experience can be transformed, like those things are not the um, the exception to the rule. Like right. this is actually the way that God desires to relate to yes. His people. Yes. I was so like the oh man <clears throat> the the reading from mass the first reading uh, this Sunday was was just insane it was like the the words were exactly the words it was from Acts the apostles but it was exactly the words from uh, it says this Acts chapter five this is this is this uh, so many signs and wonders were done among the people at the hands of the apostles not at the hands of Jesus this is Acts after Pentecost right yeah. that's exactly what the gospels say about Jesus in the yeah. gospels it says many signs and wonders were done among the people at the hands of Jesus yeah. now it's happening in the hands of the apostles mm-hmm. they were all together in Solomon's portico none of None of the others dared to join them, but the people esteemed them. I just love a a large number of people from the towns in the vicinity of Jerusalem gathered, bringing the sick and those disturbed by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. That's literally what it says in the Gospels about Jesus. How many? All all of them. Yeah. What (laughs) happens in Jesus's life happens in the apostles' life, and that's ultimately kind of the hope 
of this missionary program yeah. is that we would live the lifestyle of Jesus. That 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 and that not the hope of this missionary program. That's the hope of Christianity. The the, wow. the, the purpose of Christianity was that Jesus yes. said, "Come follow me," and that doesn't mean yeah. listen to my rules and my commandments. It means actually live my lifestyle, the lifestyle I live. You are now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that I have, the same anointing I have, you can live my lifestyle, yeah. and you'll see the signs and wonders that I do. And we see it in the early church. Lord, continue it, please, because as you said, Aaron, his hands are so full, he wants yeah. to give the grace, but we lack faith, and if yeah. we lack faith, we can't see it. Maybe, what are some of the signs and wonders you guys have seen that have blown your mind? I think um, there was one when just I was reflecting this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus, I forgot you did that. Like, that's insane. <laughs> but it was a moment where he just like totally blew my mind of like, wait, Lord, I didn't even know that was possible. Mm -hmm. um, and this was last year when we kind of ran a different retreat than we normally do, where a group of missionaries um, like drove two or three hours and we ran a retreat for three days at um, a school. So we would run the retreat like nine to five. Kids would go home. They'd come back for the day. Um and I got to counsel this awesome group of like junior high school girls. And um, yeah, they were just like going through a lot. And there was one girl in particular who um, on the first night, as we're like coming to the end of the first day, she's talking about her life. And um, she like, she really wants to like know Jesus on this retreat. She's like, you know, I, I want to see God do something in my life. Um, but she was like, in my family, I've just seen like evil move in like really powerful ways. Like I've seen really scary and hard things happen. And I've never seen God move in powerful ways. So like, wow. I just don't know. And I was like, oh, she doesn't know what's coming. This is going to be so good. <laughs> and I'm like already excited for the next day when like we have that time of prayer ministry. We have this time of the Holy Spirit filling and I'm hyping her up. I'm like, you know, like Jesus heals like and like I'm just so excited you're here and everything. And I know there's going to be like um, time with like just her and Jesus in the Eucharist the next day. And the next day she doesn't come to retreat because she has like a dentist appointment and their family wouldn't drive her. So she's not on day two of the retreat. No. She's gone. I'm like, dang it. Like, oh, this is ruined. That's so annoying. So plan. really sad. My whole day, everything's gone. So um, everyone else, like we have this great time in my small group of prayer and um, like she's not there. So we like say a prayer for her and we're like, Lord, come, come heal this girl. And um, even though she's not here, we just like lift up a prayer for her. Mm. And um, so day three comes and they all come back. And this girl comes like running out of her car the next morning, wow. like to our small group. And she's like, you guys, like, this is insane. Like what happened yesterday? And we're like, okay, what happened? You weren't on retreat. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes in and she's like, so I didn't tell you guys this, but like one of the really hard things in her family was like a car accident that had happened um, like six months prior. And in that car accident, she had suffered like a lot of nerve damage. So she had this nerve damage in her hands where she like couldn't feel like the nerve endings in her hands. And she was about to start like this intense, like six months of treatment of them trying different things for this nerve damage. And um, so she's telling us this and she's like, this morning I just woke up and the nerve damage was completely gone. <laughs> like she, I was waking up, I was waking up excited to come to retreat and I could feel my hands. What? She's like, and I ran downstairs and I told my mom to cancel the doctor's appointment because she was like, my hands were healed and my family can't believe this is happening. And I'm just, so she's just like overflowing. Did you write that on the form? just the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Sorry, not yet. It's right after this podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Back that is the form. Just the fact that um, the, awesome. like, God is so generous. He, uh, he didn't care. He didn't care that she wasn't, <laughs> wasn't there for prayer ministry that day. Yeah. Like she was hungry for the Lord to move in power in her life. And she wanted to show her family wow. that Jesus loves them. 
and they got to see that because wow. um yeah because she was open that's so and it was good. so beautiful thank you jesus i yeah. love that all right we could tell stories all day I but know. i do want to hear what you guys are doing um uh after deployment right and um we if you go back to the navy seals we we refer to uh kind of at, at the end of a missionary year, we call it deployment, or we, we also, even when we're doing retreat ministry, we like to say that we want to form young people with deployment in mind, right? That it's really important, not just, especially, uh, so, man, so much of ministry is um, forming disciples, which is great, uh, but we, want, we need to make sure that we form missionary disciples, those who are deployed into mission. And, uh, or because if we don't, the church just becomes, we're at risk of becoming a country club where we just serve and hang out with each other, as opposed to really being deployed into the world. And so, um, you guys, the fear I always have of a missionary quote program is that there's a time when I was a missionary and then there's a time when I'm not a missionary. <laughs> right. And that's just not Christianity. Uh, yeah. we're, we're all called to full-time mission all the time. Um, so what is, how are you going to live mission when you leave this quote program? And maybe even you can share just about the, the work you're going to do as well. Cause that's of course part of mission. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm super pumped. Um, I've been offered a youth ministry role up in Huron, um, St. Peter's in Huron. Mm. Um, the priest who's taken me on has just created an awesome role where he <clears throat> wants me to not have to do a lot of office work and just <laughs> yeah. be able to love on the parish and meet the parish where it's at and bring um, the culture and the experience that I've learned mm. over my years of mission to the parish um, and just to meet people and raise people up and um, grow the faith of the community. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. It's like, there's no structure. Um, I'm going to have to create my own structure. Um, <laughs> Joshua thrives in no structure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll make it work. Um, so I'm pumped um, to be doing that. Um, I'm getting married um, in 60 days Woo! today. Whoa, 60 um, days. So pumped to be, it's just going to be so, I'm so pumped to be living um, this mission um, with uh, mission partner, um, for life. Um, and yeah, so that, that, I feel like those are just like the practical things. Um, I'm a part of my deployment that I'm so excited for is just the every day, um, going about my life. Um, at Damascus every Tuesday, we have local mission where we spend an hour ish, um, out and about in the cities around Centerburg and, um, I've seen so much fruit in me going out and just walking up to people and talking about Jesus wow. um, and praying for people and being like, I'm just supposed to talk to this person and go start a conversation and pray for them. And they hmm. experience a miracle that I forget to put in the log or yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah they encounter the Lord. Or it's just a, <clears throat> or they laugh at me and I, I sound dumb, but that um, happens to the apostles as well. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But I think that has prepared me so well and I have so much desire um, to do that um, in my everyday life um, as I go about my day to allow myself to be, again, just with God, praying constantly yeah. so that I can be aware of the people around me and be aware of Jesus wanting to meet them, that he's hungry to meet them at every moment and they're actually starving for him and don't know it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm excited to just do that for the rest of my life. You know, I think one of the reasons we don't evangelize as the church is because we're embarrassed. It's mm. uncomfortable. Like, but, but you guys are living examples. Like when we, we do this local mission where we just go out and we start conversations with people. And then in the conversation we ask like, Hey, can I pray with you? It's, 
it, it's not all that embarrassing and it's not all that unnormal. Like it's unnormal. It feels uncomfortable initially, but over time it just becomes part of the yes. way you live. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> how, how have you found just, how do you make that natural? Right. So, cause I think that's so important for us as Catholics <laughs> to start doing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it becomes natural. Yeah. Um, I, it was so uncomfortable at first. It was like, I'm going to walk up to this person who's picking out their bread for the week and ask them <laughs> how they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then awkwardly start a conversation. Yeah. I'm um, going to be a human. Like this is so <laughs> weird. <laughs> right. But, and it's that it's that we just get caught up in our own heads and we yeah. don't think what the worst scenario could be, but it's literally, there's not a worse scenario because they're a person and I'm a person and we're meant to interact. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I think I've just gotten over that. Like, I'm still in that process, but I'm getting over that, like, what people think about me, and then it's going to be weird, because it, it never is as bad as you think it will be. Yeah, that's awesome. It. I love it. All right, what's deployment missionary lifestyle look like for you, Bridget? What do you want to take with you into the world? So, I mean, I love what Joshua just said about, like, that actually, like, we're not called to stay in comfort, and that's mm-hmm. just the reality that, like, I, um, yeah, like, the last two years has prepared me to be excited for, like, discomfort and the different things that I'm stepping into. Um, but there's also so much like joy and excitement in that. Um, I'll be going back to Virginia. So I'll be working at a Catholic high school um, in my home diocese and I'll be doing advancement there. So I'll get to invite people into the mission of this Catholic school. That's actually um, doing an amazing job of like bringing kids to Jesus. Um, Who's the patron of the school? John Paul the Great. <laughs> got almost the same statue here at Damascus and there. So oh, I was like, nice. okay, there Lord, here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's going to be really cool to, um, yeah, step into like just something new there, something that we've had the opportunity to do as missionaries of like one of the scariest things is inviting people into your mission and saying yeah. like, hey, in order for me to go, like, will you give? But actually like believing in the worthiness of like my own call as a missionary I think um, is just filling me with so much excitement to actually go and like invite people into the mission of a Catholic school. That's like showing what Catholic schools can be. And that's such an area. Like that's kind of, we talk a lot about like nations here at the Damascus. Like what are the nations that like break your heart where the Lord is just um, really like asking you to intercede for those people or asking you to go and to serve those people in Catholic schools is just, you know, a huge part of what we do. It's a huge part of who we work with. Um, so I'm really excited to go to a school where I get to um, be a part of like inviting people into a really awesome mission. And um, I'm also just so excited for, yeah, just entering into like young adult life surrounded in a diocese and in an area outside of DC where there are just so many young adults that are um, just like striving to make a big difference in the world mm-hmm. and um, just yuppies, the young professional life. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm excited to um, just be a part of meeting, entering into friendship, entering into um, like mission and community with young adults in my diocese and kind of being someone who can help mm-hmm. show the call that um, really blew my mind here that we're not just called to a life of holiness. That's a huge factor, but along with that is a life of mission. Mm-hmm. And I think like young adults are just like longing for mission. Yeah. And um, so many of them are just like, working nine to fives and taking the Metro. And that's just not a bad thing, but we, yeah, I'm so excited to like, um, point young adults to their call for mission. Yeah. I love that. 
<clears throat> young adults are so hungry for mission. It's like, so it's, it's, it's so funny. Cause we're like, how do we, how do we reach the young adult church? How do we reach the young adult church? They won't come to our events. They won't come to this. We can't, yeah. it's like, it's be, well, because they want to transform the world, give them a, give them purpose. And that there's that innate desire in a young person to bring transformation. I love how you spoke so positively of the, the young uh, culture in Washington, D.C. and in Arlington, Virginia, right? That, that they are people who want to make a difference in the world, right? And that they're they're dedicating their life and their career to transforming society. And when we're infused by the gospel, like we want people who influence the world and, and live their life for the gospel to transform yeah. human society. So good. Speaking of young adults, let's, uh, let's close in prayer let's for... Do it. I wonder if we can pray for these young adults, and then uh, oh, okay, and, and then we'll uh, then we'll just pray for our pray for our uh, listeners as well. Awesome. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we we bless you. We thank you for the call to mission that you've placed on the church, on your bride, on our lives, for giving us the grace to have opportunity to say yes. Um, we pray especially for uh, for Joshua and Bridget. Um, Jesus, as as they go into parish and into school mission, uh, Lord Jesus, we we pray that the the yes that they've given would resound for for years and for years to come. Um, we pray for greater equipping for them, mm-hmm. that you'll continue to uh, bless the witness that they offer the church. And Jesus, um, we love uh, we love the call that you've placed on their lives, um, and we we affirm that and we stand in support of that. Jesus, as, as we've as we shared today. Um, those hearts that have been inspired, who've listened to today's show, I pray that you would bring a moment of clarity where they could see uh, a direct path or an opportunity to give that yes that can transform the direction of their life. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, it was a yes that that brought conversion. It was a yes that brought mission. We pray for opportunity for that yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bridget, I was just wondering if you could share. Uh just the testimony you shared about just praying for that young girl and her experiencing healing in her hands. Uh, could you pray for our listeners, anyone who's in need of healing? And um, if your your heart was being touched as Bridget was sharing that story, I just get a sense the Lord wants to touch you right now. Um, so you want to pray for them, Bridget? Yeah. Jesus, we know that you are the healer mm-hmm. and that you are healing right now. We trust that, um, yeah, as anyone listening, as their heart um, is being stirred, that right now, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you fill them, that you go to the places that are broken um, in their bodies, that you go to the places that are broken in their hearts. And right now, Jesus, we just claim healing in your name. We claim healing over sickness. Um, Yeah, we claim healing over um, anxiety, over any mental health struggles, and we claim um, freedom and healing and restoration. over bodies that you want to bring heaven to earth right now. And we just thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Come, mm. Holy Spirit. Thank you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, if you experience the power of God from listening to this podcast, and if, uh, if you've ever experienced healing during this podcast or conversion, we want to hear your story and share your story. So feel free to reach out to us and share your testimony. This is Beyond Damascus, a show where encounter meets mission. You can download our podcast wherever podcasts are found, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Share this amazing episode with maybe some young adults who may be interested in living a life on mission and uh, learn more about our Damascus missionary program at damascus.net. 
Bridget, Josh, thanks so much for the show, for your life, for your yes to the Lord. It's a huge blessing. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you and have an awesome week on mission.